0: International Christian Fellowship Rome and ICF Rome around the country and around the world. Welcome to our Sunday encounter. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale and I'm so thankful that you are joining us. I have my sign today, smile, because I want you to know God wants to give you a word for your life that puts a smile in your heart. I also want you to know as you lean into the presence of the Lord, as you lean into the worship and and the word, let God do something in you that will cause you to put a smile on his face. He has a great and powerful word for you this morning and I'm so glad you're joining us. Good morning, ICF Rome, Pastor Jen here saying, I am so happy that you are in church today, that you are online or on campus worshiping with us. Today, I have my very dear friend and fellow colleague, pastor, from milan italy pastor becca jones and i want you to welcome her i want you to lean into the message and if you have not been inspired this month to be the living proof i know you will be inspired today and i also know that if you register for a ticket you may get your ticket price deducted or reduced or even free but you have to register in order to get that special surprise so i want you to come to the inspire conference i want you to welcome pastor becca and i want you to experience the living proof of god's love in your life and through your life this month this year and today so i love you i'll see you next sunday on campus and online god good bless.
1: morning so good to see you guys this morning at icf it is my joy my privilege my honor to be with you today um and i'm thankful for the opportunity that pastor jen uh trusts us and and loves us enough to to invite us to come share with this wonderful community of faith Uh, We love you guys. In case you do not know who I am, my name is Becca Jones, and my husband and I are uh, Assemblies of God missionaries like Pastor Jen, and we and our two amazing kiddos, Camille and Tucker, our family, we live and work in Milan, and we have planted a church there called Life Church Milano, and they are there worshiping as well. We're all worshiping together today just in different locations And so, uh, it is such a joy to be with you today. Can you hear me well? All right, good, good. Well, um, you know, last month as you kicked off a new year, uh, well, I'm sorry, before we get into the word today, let's partake of the Lord's Supper together. What an amazing privilege it is to take a moment as the sons and daughters of the living God To say, God, we don't take it for granted what you did for us. We don't take it for granted the sacrifice that you paid for us. The shame and the humiliation that you bore on our behalf. You know, when the night before Jesus was crucified, when he was together with his disciples, he broke the bread and he told them, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Did you catch that? The night before he was crucified, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. He was making a declaration. He was declaring even before he went to the cross, saying, I'm gonna fulfill what I came to do. I'm gonna give my body So that generations to come can experience healing. So that Rebecca Jones can be brought into a right relationship with God. So that Helen can find new life, right? Jesus declared in advance, he said, this is my body that is broken, that is given for you. When he took the juice, he said, this is my blood that is poured out for the salvation of many. He willingly gave his life. He willingly poured out his blood for us so that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Church, we can't take it for granted what Christ did for us. So let's take a moment, as you see your elements there that are in your seat, Simply pull back that top layer. You'll grab your little wafer. We recognize there's nothing super special about this wafer, right? It's just bread. But man, what it represents. It represents our healing that we have access to because of the 39 stripes that our Savior took upon His body. Let's thank him for it this morning as we partake of the Lord's Supper together. I
0: invite you to lift it up
1: with me. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you did not despise the cross, but that you went willingly and humbly. That you gave your body so that we might be healed so that we might be healed, not only physically, but spiritually, so that we might be made whole through your body. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that that you paid our debt, a debt that we owe through sin, through our mistakes. We could never be good enough to pay off that debt. And you knew that, Jesus. So you gave yourself as a sacrifice to pay our sin debt. We thank you, Jesus, that your sacrifice was sufficient once and for all. That we don't have to come every week and make a new sacrifice and offer it up to you. But God, every single day, we we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. Because of what you did for us. We thank you, Jesus, for your body. We remember you today. We honor you your name. Amen. Amen. Let's protect together. And as you open your juice there, again, there's nothing super special about this juice. It's just juice. But it gives us gives us a representation of Christ's blood that was poured out for you and for me. Our sins had a cost, right? And Jesus paid that price when he poured out his blood for us. And his blood was good 2000 years ago, and it's still good now. It still has the same power to cleanse us, to make us whole, to make us new and to transform us from the inside out. What's super great about the blood of Jesus, and I love talking about this in the context like ICF, because we're gathered here today as people from different countries, different nations, different backgrounds, but the blood of Jesus is the great equalizer because through the blood of jesus we're all brothers and sisters we've been adopted into the family of god and so today as we partake of communion we're not only remembering what christ has done for us as individuals i'm not only recognizing that christ paid my sin debt and that he saved me but that now through jesus's blood helen is my family O's is my family, and Yow is my family. Now I belong to something even greater than myself through the blood of Jesus. He sets a table for all who would come, and it's all because of his blood. Let's remember that today as we partake and as we honor the sacrifice that he made for us. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was poured out that was given to pay our sin debt, to bring us right into right relationship with you and to adopt us into your family. Thank you for every single person that is here today that belongs to that family. And I pray, Lord, that if there's one here that that hasn't joined, that doesn't have that relationship with you, that has not received this gift that you so willingly gave, I pray today will be the day they make that decision. For a fresh start to be transformed from the inside out by your blood, by your body, by your sacrifice, through your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. What a beautiful thing to do together when we gather. Partake of the Lord's Supper. Amen. As you guys have kicked off the new year in January with your, with your theme of the year, living proof. I love that. We've kicked off this year talking about how we are the evidence. We are the proof that, are, that we are walking sacrifices, right? We're, in our everyday lives, our lives point people to Jesus amen and what an honor it is that we that god decided to partner with us to show himself to reveal himself to the world one of your theme verses is found in james one twenty two. it says don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it for that is the essence of self-deception sometimes when we listen to god's word and we get it here, but we don't do anything with it, we convince ourselves that that's enough, right? But it's not enough. We only deceive ourselves if we listen and don't do. So he gives us the solution. Always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Let God's word be active and working and alive in you so that his word is fulfilled by the way you live your life. Man, what a powerful thing. Another one of your theme verses, one of my favorite verses in scripture, Romans 12:1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred, living sacrifices. When we understand God's grace, when we understand his mercy, the only logical response is to give ourselves completely to him and let him use us as his living proof. Amen? So, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Another great verse. You guys sang it this morning. I'm sure that that was planned. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. If you guys didn't plan it, maybe just the Holy Spirit planned it. We sang about seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. Don't you love it when when you're singing scripture and you may not even realize it? In Psalm 27, 13, it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We don't have to wait until we are dead, until we cross into eternity to experience the goodness of God in our lives. We experience his goodness every single day in the land of the living. And we experience his goodness through the lives of believers that are living proof of God's love and God's goodness, right? It's this beautiful image that he paints for us, that scripture gives us. Now, sometimes that's really easy to do. It's easy to be living proof when everything is going well, right? Like, it's easy when you, got, when you just got the perfect job, you just got a perfect promotion, you're married to the most beautiful woman or the most handsome man in the world, all is well, good things are coming your way, and you're like, yes, thank you, Jesus, I am living proof, right? But what happens when we hit a rocky season? When our marriage, you know, when maybe our spouse becomes less of a gift and more of an annoyance, right? No, that happens to none of you. You're super holy, all right? But what happens when your marriage hits a rough spot? Or what happens when you lose that job? Or what happens when you're going through a tough season? then we fall into this same cycle of we as humans we have a memory problem when we start hitting a rocky season we kind of forget all the great things that God has already done for us we forget the blessings when our husband or wife is getting on our nerves we forget what a blessing they are how God gave them to us right I'm using the spouses as an example. I promise Pastor Josh is amazing, okay? Like, this is not just from personal experience, all right? So, but I mean, when, when we're going through a rough time, sometimes we, we start to whine and complain and we forget how quickly we forget the goodness of God. And you know, that's not a new thing. It's not a new problem that we have in 2023. The Israelites did the same exact thing thing in the old testament when the lord delivered them out of egypt okay, they had been slaves um, for years and years god sends moses to come deliver the israelite people out of egypt they leave egypt they're in the desert and they start getting hungry they start getting thirsty and what is the first thing they do they're like oh i wish we were back in egypt things were so much better back in Egypt really were they no right but it's like we become so self-absorbed on the problem that we forget how God has led us through the trial and through the desert up until this point we we quickly forget all of God's blessings because we become blinded to those because of what's happening in our life right and that is why we need the Lord God with us and in us as a banner, as a standard. We need, we need something or someone that is outside of ourselves that we can look to to say, you know what, no matter what's going on, I'm going to look up to that standard, to that banner, and know that, that no matter what happens in this circumstance, I can trust that. And we find that in our God. You know, how many of you know that we serve one God that exists in three persons, but you know, he has a lot of different names. We see that in scripture. One of his names is Jehovah Nissi. And that means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. That name is first revealed to us in Exodus chapter 17, verses 14 and 15 where it says then the Lord said to Moses write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven and Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner now in order to see exactly what he's talking about here and why Moses said that we have to go back a little bit and read the story but, guys, why is it important that we even have a banner? Why is it important that, that we declare that Jehovah Nisi is with us and for us? It's because we need a point of reference. Let's look at why Moses was calling God his banner. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 through 11. What had happened was they were in between Egypt and the promised land, right? And they had experienced some, some hardships, and now they were actually, they find themselves in war, okay? So they're, they're going up against the Amalekites. And Moses said to Joshua, "'Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. "'Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands.'" So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands with the staff in it, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Why is that? It was a point of reference. Often when we think of a banner, we're thinking of a flag, right? We're thinking literally a banner. Okay, But when, when Moses and Aaron and her are up on the mountain, they're up on the hill, and the Israelites are down in the valley and they're fighting, they're fighting hard. When they look up and when they see that point of reference being held up, it changes the game. Because it's not a banner, but what was that staff? That staff was the same staff that turned into a snake when Moses confronted Pharaoh. That staff was the same staff that Moses held up to part the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk across on dry land. That staff was the same staff that God used to to bring water from a rock, right? It's a point of reference. It's a reminder of God's miraculous power, of God's grace, of God's love, of God's goodness. Are you with me? This staff was the banner that was being raised as a reminder, hey, God's with us. God's fighting. You remember his power in every one of these circumstances? Look to the staff. Look to what God has done. We need a point of reference. Now, we all have in life, we go through seasons, right? And we have mountaintop moments, and we have valley moments. And what's important to remember is that, you know, sometimes as human beings, we, we tend to go to extremes, we want to fight the battle from the mountain, and we say, okay, God, I'm just going to pray and let you handle it, and, and you're, going to, you're going to take care of me, and I'm not going to do anything. So, Lord, please help me find a job. No, I'm not going to go look. I'm not going to fill out an application. I'm not going to go to an interview, but, Lord, you're going to give me a job, right? That's, that's when we're saying, God, you do all the work. Or sometimes we fight from the valley, where we're down in the valley and we're like, oh, I'm going to get out. I'm just going to keep climbing up this mountain, just going to keep climbing, and eventually I'll get myself out. And then we're doing all the work, right? But guys, it's not either or. It's both and. The Israelite people were fighting. They were doing what God had told them to do. Yet the banner was raised knowing that their power alone was not sufficient. They had to have the power of God with them, right? So we can't shift our responsibilities to God, and we can't shift God's responsibility to us. There must, they must be held in tension, right? Balance between God's work on the mountain and our work in the valley, right? Too many times we excuse our lack of responsibility in the name of God but then other times we have to recognize that our personal responsibility alone is not sufficient to do all that God wants to do in the midst of our conflicts you understand there's that balance between working in the mountain God's work in the mountain and our in our work in the valley it's a beautiful concept that's why we need a banner that's why we need Jehovah Nissi in the midst of our conflicts. It gives us that point of reference. You guys ever heard the story of um, the, the guy, he was, he was in a, there was a tsunami in his town and the water was rushing in and he climbed up to the very, very, he got up on the roof of his house and he cried out to God. He said, oh Lord, please help me, come save me. A few minutes later, a guy in a canoe rose by Says, hey man, do you need a lift? You need a ride? I'll take you to safety. He's like, no, I'm okay. God's gonna save me. So the guy said, are you sure? Okay, I'll keep going. He, he rows on the way. A few minutes later, a bigger boat comes by. It's got a whole group of people in it. They come by, they say, hey man, do you want some help? He said, oh no, that's okay. Thank you anyway. God's gonna save me. So they keep going. A few minutes later, a helicopter comes by lowers a rope to him, says, hey, grab hold of the rope. We'll lift you up, take you to safety. No, that's okay. God's going to save me. So the water keeps coming up. He falls off the roof. Water gets up too high. He drowns and dies. Makes it up to heaven. He's up there, and he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? God said, son, I sent you two boats and a helicopter, and you didn't grab hold of a single one, right? Too many times we're, we want to either do all the work ourselves, or we expect God to just, there you go. But we don't give him anything to work with, right? We do our part, God does his part, and man what he can do in the midst of our lives when we offer them to him everything we have as living sacrifices another reason why we need a banner is that spiritual battles are tiring anybody know that has anybody experienced that spiritual battles are tiring you're trying to grow in the lord okay you're you're trying to do all the right things you're spending time in the word you're spending time in prayer you're engaged in community Hey, and, but you got struggles in life. You're trying to keep moving forward, and they get tiring. You become weary, and you're like, man, what am I doing? I'm doing all of this on my own. Spiritual battles are tiring. That's what happened in verses 12 and 13. When Moses' hands grew tired, Moses is holding up the staff so the, so the people of God can see it. But his hands start growing tired. So what happens? They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur, 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 that's a weird name, sorry. Hur, there you go, I said it right that time. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Guys, we get tired, we get lonely, we need Aaron and hers in our life that are going to come beside us and lift up our arms to help us raise that banner. And you know, our God is so good and so gracious that he gave us, in his design of what the family of God should look like, Aaron and hers. You may be wondering, I don't know of Aaron here at ICF. You have an Aaron or a her here i don't think so but that's what your relationships with one another should look like so where when you're in small groups when you're in young adult group when you're in the ladies group when you're in men's group and all these different you know the worship team all these groups that are serving and living life together and and loving the lord together you are someone's Aaron and her and someone here is your Aaron and your her. Spiritual battles are tiring. But Jehovah Nisi says, hey, when you you got an Aaron and a her with you and you raise that banner, it's going to give you the strength to continue to fight. Amen? That's why God gave us the gift of the church. I love that Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to build a person and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What did he tell us? He didn't say, I'm going to build an individual. He said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because God himself knows that when his sons and daughters, who are offering their lives to him as living sacrifices, work together in unity, and they're lifting each other up, the battle is won, right? The third reason why we need a banner why we need Jehovah is because it reminds us not to settle for a halfway victory. Church, do not settle for a halfway victory. In verses 14 and 15, this takes us back to the first verse that we read that introduced this name Jehovah The Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be Remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. Why was it so important for Joshua to hear it? Why was it so important for Joshua to know this? Because Joshua was going to be the next leader after Moses. And God was calling Joshua to complete the victory, to finish what had already been started, right? Now, what's sad is what we see throughout, throughout uh, Scripture, the story of the Israelite people. They didn't always follow God's instructions very well. And so God's telling them, yeah, come on, let's go for a full victory. But they don't obey, so then... They fall back into the same problem. They get in trouble. They whine. They complain. They call out to God. God comes down in his mercy, his grace. He helps them. He saves them. Right? And it becomes this pattern of doing my own way, repentance. It was, let's see, repentance, God saving me, then rebellion, then repentance, (laughs) then rebellion, then repentance. It's that same pattern. Now, you and I, sometimes we don't like to call it rebellion because maybe we're, we're trying our best to live, you know, to, to do the right things. But how many times do we, you know, say, God, I know that this is what your word says, but, you know, I, I think I know better in this situation. I think I can figure this out on my own, right? We, we call out to God to help us about a sin, you know, something that we've struggled with and God forgives us and delivers us. And what do we do? We go straight back and put ourselves in the same position that led to that sin in the first place. God gives us a victory, but we don't change any of our patterns. We go, we go hang out with the same people, we go to the same places, we do the same things. We don't change our patterns, and so we're settling for a halfway victory. We're saying, oh yeah, God helped me once, but then we don't change our pattern. God is calling us. He's saying, hey, look at this banner. Look at what God has done. Let Jehovah Nisi guide you and lead you into victory so that you can break this pattern of, of doing it your way, then calling out to God, then doing it your way, then calling out to God. Right? Do we understand? 2 Corinthians 2.14 gives us a picture of what this looks like in the New Testament. Thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. That's chapter 2, verse 14. This verse is giving us the imagery of the Roman Empire. You know, about how when the when the Romans would would conquer a city, when they would win a battle, they would march in a procession, they'd have their banner in the in the front, and they would lead everybody in, saying, Hey, we've we've taken over the city. This is we've come in, we've had a complete victory. And our God, when we offer ourselves to him, he is our banner, and he's leading us in a triumphal procession, saying, you show the world that I've given you a complete victory. You show the world that when I conquered death, hell, and the grave, it was finished. It was a complete victory. He, he partners with us. He leads us in his triumphal procession. Do we understand? I mean, it, it changes the whole way we look at being living proof. Because our God, Jehovah Nisi is our banner who leads us in victory. Colossians 2.15 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Any of you guys ever been hunting, game hunting? You know, sometimes it's big in certain countries. Um, and, and what happens when you when you have hunted and you kill the animal and a lot of times they'll take the head and they'll mount it up on the wall, right? We see in scripture where David, when he he killed Goliath, he took Goliath's head and stuck it in his tent, right? It's like everybody that comes in, whoa, there's Goliath's head right in the tent. Why is that? Because David says, hey, look at the victory. Look at the victory that God has given us, Jehovah Nisi, when he's our banner. He conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. He was victorious, therefore we are victorious. So we offer our lives to him saying, God, we look to you as our point of reference. We say, God, when we, when we look to you as Jehovah Nisi, our banner, we remember all the things that you have done. We remember the miraculous that you've done in our lives. We remember how you've restored our marriage. We remember how you provided during that time of want. We remember how you saved us. We remember how you healed our child when they were sick. We remember. We remember who God is. When we get tired, when when we're physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually weary, we look up to Jehovah Nissi and we say, Lord... You are my banner, because I'm tired. And when we are tempted to settle for that halfway victory and say, oh, you know, thank you, Lord, but I'm just gonna go back to the same thing. When we look up and fix our eyes on Jehovah Nissi, we know, no, I'm not settling for that halfway victory. I'm gonna look to Jehovah Nissi and I'm gonna get the full victory, a complete victory. Church, we can trust his character. We can trust who he is. We can trust our God. As we completely trust him and offer everything we have to him, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. As the musician begins to to come play again, I want us to just take a few moments if you're here today and you're saying, well, I don't even have a relationship with God. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't have a point of reference up to this moment. I guarantee you that God has been chasing after you, whether you know it or not. He's been knocking at the door of your heart. He loves you so much more than you could ever imagine. And today you're here. I believe he divinely brought you here in order to hear today that you are loved and that you don't have to fight your battles alone, but that Jehovah Nissi is with you. If you'd like to have a fresh start with the Lord today, if you're joining us online, we're so glad you're with us. And if you're there in your living room or wherever you are joining us online and you would like to. Have a fresh start today. Begin a relationship with God. We would love to lead you in that. We would love to to pray with you, to help you take that next step of faith. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, but you'd like to start one today, would you just raise your hand and let me know so that I can pray with you? online and you would like to start a relationship with the Lord you don't have to repeat the exact words that we pray here in person but today if you recognize that you could never be good enough you could never follow every single rule and that's why you need Jesus paid your debt for you, who took the punishment for, the, for that sin upon himself, and he died for you and he rose again, and if you would like to, to accept that gift, make him the Lord and the Savior of your life, you can do so today. Lord, I pray for those that are here today. If there's anyone that does not know you, I pray, God, that today would be the day that they would decide to take that next step. To give their life completely to you. To offer it up to you as a living sacrifice.
0: Knowing that only
1: through you can we find hope. Can we find peace. Can we find grace. Can we find truth. Not only through you are we made whole. Church, maybe you're here today and you've been trying your very best to fight all of your battles on your own you need to look up to Jehovah Nisi today and say, Lord, I need you to be my banner. I'm going to fix my eyes on you as my point of reference and as my strength when I'm weary and as my victory when I'm tempted to give in. That's you today, would you? by singing a song, worshiping together, but I just want to say one final prayer and I ask that you join me ICF Rome. make this your prayer today too that you would not settle for a halfway victory
0: that God is not
1: finished with you, with your community of faith, with your marriage, with your children so I want to pray over you today Lord thank you that we can trust who you are, that we can fix our eyes on you, that through you we have victory. We thank you, God, for for every step that you've led us on up until this point, and we declare that we'll trust you to complete what you've started in us. God, we know that our efforts, our our work alone is not enough, but God, when we offer up our efforts and our work to you, As a living sacrifice, your power working in us makes a difference. And may it point those around us to you. And may our lives, may our homes, may our neighborhoods, may our city, may this nation be transformed for your glory as we walk, as we are living proof of who you are. We love
0: you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. I know that the Lord and the word of the Lord has spoken to your life today. And so I want to invite you to invite Jesus to be in control of every circumstance. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Maybe today will be the first time you prayed it. But every time you ask Jesus to be in control of everything, every part, every person in your life, God does something to bring your heart to life. So I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to be in control of every part. I give you all of me, Lord. Forgive me for my sins and my disobedience and help me to serve you all the days of my life. I make you Lord over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want you to know that today, the Lord has done something in your life. Now, I also want to pray with you for those miracles in motion, those burdens, this, you know, in our service on campus, we come to an altar of sacrifice, a place of decision. And we say to the Lord, God, take all of me, take every situation. I trust you. I believe in you. This is the season where the Lord reminds us that he came to say, Emmanuel, God with us. So I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to know that I read the messages, I read your emails, and I know the things that are weighing heavy on your heart. I love when you come to Rome and you come on campus, but even where you are right now in your country, in your city, the Holy Spirit is with you. And so, Father, right now, we agree in prayer together for the miracle that is in motion. I pray, God, that a supernatural, divine intervention would come upon your son and your daughter right now. For that one who has been sick and struggling with illness, may their faith jump alive right now. May the DNA of their body come into alignment with the way God designed it. And, Father, that one who has struggled with worry and fret and fear, I pray in Jesus' name that the peace of God, God, which passes all understanding would flow over your heart, your mind, your life, and every detail of your circumstance. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And I want you to know today: He is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah, Lord over all. You are complete in Jesus Christ. He will be with you this week. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Write us, send me an email. Let me know what God is doing in your life. We're in this thing together. We don't do life alone. And I'm standing with you for that prayer of victory and the miracle in motion. Have a fantastic week. I love you.